This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right, guys, welcome to the Cabal cast this week was a wonderful weekend of magic everywhere. We had Return to Return to Return to Ravnica. Yes. Set number two of the RTRTR block. It's oh, not a block, whatever. Uh, sure, it's not, but there are three sets, and that's like a block, but not... Not, not really. really a block. Call it what you want. It's a block. Just like a Mythic Edition is Masterpieces. Call it what you want. Uh, so we're going to be covering some trends from the pre-release this week. We're also going to be covering... A little bit of the fallout that we touched on a while ago about how arena could impact the game at the local level mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, perspective from all the areas we can get to. We are also going to be covering our Twitter giveaway that we did that was for a box of Allegiances of Ravnica yes. for our favorite responses for hobbies. If you didn't know, Halt uh, played guitar for less than Jake for a little bit. Anyways, for let's second, get yeah. it started. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, we each ended uh, pre-release. This past weekend, uh, I've ended up here in uh, lovely Vermont, where we got somewhere around six inches of snow by the end of the day. Uh, oh, I was down in St. Louis, where we had two. Yeah. Th uh, <laughs> thankfully, by the time we got six, the event was, I think, winding down. It was either at the end of round four or prizes. Okay. And, That's good. Yeah. And it was a, a great event uh, all day long. The second event was a little more interesting because the open bar kicked in, and things got a little loose. But yeah. one of the things that I saw all day long by me is this trend of players moving away from standard into I don't know exactly what. Basically, from the moment I started buying till the moment I closed up shop, if it wasn't UMA being sold to me, it was standard. And everything in standard except uh, the brand new cards. My locals love to hold on to them until basically the next pre-release figure out what they're going to do. But yeah. I had, you know, pick of the litter. And it, I bought every Vivian Reed I saw. I bought uh, every Tefri and Karn I saw. All the Shocklands I could find. Every Phoenix. Every namesake card in Standard. Uh, nobody up here really does the foil thing. But I did get my hands on some higher end foils that were just luckily cracked. And it seemed like people were very happy to be getting rid of just Standard as a whole. Just be done with it yeah and uh, a lot of that is due to basically external pressures from arena it's just super convenient i yeah. think we talked about a little last week you could take somewhere between 100 and 200 dollars throw it at arena instead of paper standard and wind up with a 4x of basically the entire set and not have to worry about collecting anything again besides an fnm promo here and there and yeah most stores will let you draft for one of those. Yeah. So I'm seeing a huge shift in my standard player base away from physical magic. They're just dropping it. And it's dropping it, yeah. By no fault of my LGS or any of the other LGSs in the area. You know, they're trying to, to bring people in. People just want to play standard on Arena because they can do it whenever they want. Yeah, uh, that was that was kind of the trend that I noticed here, not just in the one that I vended, but in some of the other shops that I talked to. Uh, 
people wanted to get rid of standard, particularly high-end standard, uh, which could have something to do with the Challenger deck announcement, admittedly, mm -hmm. but bought way more Teferis and Vivians than I did Theater of Horrors. And Theater of Horrors was at a dollar. Yeah. TCG low at the time was 174 and I could not get a single one for a dollar. And it seemed like on the lower end stuff, they just wanted to hold on to it. And I don't know if it's because, you know, kitchen table, you can just hang out, play with cheap decks, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Vivians, Teferis, Karns, Shocklands, all that stuff. Yeah. It was just rolling in. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, like you said, you've, you've got this external pressure going on. And there was at the shop I've ended at, there's a pretty dedicated EDH community. Mm -hmm. That was the one, like the players in that group, they weren't really selling much of anything. Uh, you know, they want to hold on to the new cards, see what it's like in their deck. And I think that that's probably going to be the one area of paper magic mm -hmm. that you'll see hold out the longest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is your EDH players, the guys that need 30 copies of Soul Ring for 2 to $3 each because they want to build the whole prism of decks or whatever. Yeah. And I think the days of the paper spike are more or less dead because you can just have someone that has the cards and loans them out as needed or just go to drafts and basically what you end up drafting and winning all right well we can piece a deck together out of what we have yeah and i think you know that's one of the things we're going to see that's going to start trending and what's going to change is we'll see less standard mm. you'll see less standard single sales because like you said you know the roi for 200 dollars. granted you can't sell it but it gets you a playset of everything. Yeah. If you decide you want to build Jeskai and all right, I got to buy a playset of Teferis when they're you know forty five bucks. Well, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to build Phoenix. Sure, you're going to sell the Teferis and buy the Phoenixes and everything else you need, but you don't have to do that on Arena. Yeah, you just have it. Yeah, it's super convenient. And I think that it's you know from an LGS perspective. I, you know, again, it seems like it's two steps forward, one step back. Mm -hmm. Every time they do something right, they do something else wrong. So, like, Uma, admittedly, was great. Mm -hmm. Sales numbers were good. Oh, it yeah. was good for LGSs. It was good for players. Like, we did great with it. And it... After that, it was, all right, well, we're going to start focusing on Arena. Here's changes we're going to make to the program. Uh, the Pro Tour, yeah, it's it's going to be digital. It's going to be on Arena. At least 50%. But, like, okay, that hurts the LGS. That yeah. helps your that hurts your supply chain. And that's, I think, what we're going to start seeing yeah. is the actual impact of that. Yeah, I, one of the things I didn't really take too much weight in by end of day was that the two largest buys I had by quantity in regards to number of cards were from EDH players or uh, kitchen table players in some regards and they both came from groups that would buy somewhere between four boxes and a case each of each set to just to not even to draft just to yeah, crack just and to play have. with those cards yeah and so once a year, maybe twice a year, those guys will come in and just dump out uh, basically one gentleman. Uh, I think the binder that I went through is for everything from right around Battle Bond 
up a, up to uh, rev. Yeah. Right. So we're talking like six ish months there. Yeah. Um, the, the other gentleman was basically everything I didn't buy at the fall pre-release that he wanted to get. He rid just of now. brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Recycled it. But the majority of the sales that I did <clears throat> were to other EDH players. Yeah. So I did actually sell out of Soul Rings. Like, yeah. I sold out of Marari's Wakes. Yeah. Um, like, that was my bread and butter. I had Midnight Reapers in the case at a dollar, Bane Fire at three, just to try and flip. Uh, and no, nobody, nobody bid on Standard, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily think that's, you know, that that hasn't been the case in the past. You know, you get a new set in Standard and everybody wants the new cards because they want to brew. Yeah. You know, Electro Dominance, there's all these cards, Skewer the Critics, like Banefire should sell. Yep. Midnight Reaper should sell. We have Orzov now. Oh, yeah. I had the full complement of uh, of Red Spells for the Standard uh, series as well. So uh, a block of Steam Can, a block of Chain Whirlers, uh, the Phoenix yeah. just in the case and just... Nobody, nothing. no, nothing. Uh, yeah. And usually, I don't have a problem selling Shocklands, Fetchlands, etc. But nobody really cared. They were more interested in looking at the invocation through the breaches that I had than actually <laughs> buying anything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. It looks interesting. Yeah, I, so. it it does. It looks like a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to put it yeah um, and, but oh, go ahead. I'm sorry go ahead no go ahead. you go ahead I was going to say uh, that kind of segues us or uh, I guess more or less will dovetail right into the uh, what's going on at the LGS level because I spent a lot of time talking to the TO of the event who's one of the managers at my LGS and the other manager there about what's been going on just because I have not really been able to make a paper event in a couple of months now uh, on a Friday yeah. and Unrelated to the announcement that circulated a couple of weeks ago where Watsi is basically pulling a handful of stores to run these quick-fire, best-of-one drafts, my LGS this last week announced that they want to move entirely to uh, limited or sealed FNMs moving forward and put standard on Tuesdays, but at the same time also reduce entry price of those events, which means that prizes will now really only be the FNM promo. Promo, sorry, there will be no more yeah. packs associated with those, so that puts the event cost at right around uh, distro price for the packs. So ten yeah. ish or something like that, whatever distro is on them. Uh, Two twenty four piece, so seven seventy three. Okay. okay, so then I guess a little bit of the upcharge for space and everything else. Yeah, maybe it's somewhere between eight and ten then, and they feel that they no longer sell singles. They decided to get out of that a year or so ago. They yeah. are having a dwindling attendance for standard because of arena. People just want to play whenever. Yeah. And an increased interest in limited because of arena that they're going to switch entirely to sealed, which is yeah. something I never thought would happen. I never thought we would lose the constructed FNM in favor of sealed FNMs and quick play events. Yeah, it's... I don't really like it, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up in a time when type two, type 1.5, type one X, type one, like that, that was what you did. That's how you played magic. Yeah. Like if, if you wanted to play on the big boy stage, that was how you played. 
Rochester draft was cool and all, but it was, we, yeah. wasn't a thing. Uh, and that's that's kind of been the case here is that you've started to see an uptick in limited attendance and a downturn in con, you know some stores constructed. There's still a couple that run you know insane payouts on standard with door prizes yeah. and everything else, and they still get attendance. But you know, it, having something where you can play semi-functional moto standard on demand. And especially with it feeding directly into the mythic championships or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a pro tour. Uh, it really disincentivizes you to go to the LGS. Mm-hmm. I, I can sit here in my underwear or naked and just grind moto for eight hours covered in Cheeto dust and it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, why leave? Yeah, no. And, you know, the, the ROI is a little bit better because the cost of entry is dirt cheap even for you know the payout that it is like it's i appreciate that they're pushing for the esport i understand the game is changing i understand the product that i've loved for 25 years now is changing it still feels a little bad for the little guy yes for you know the mom and pop lgs because if you're not a channel fireball if you're not a star city if you're not a nabu if you're not dan bach you can't really thrive as the LGS starts to wane, mm-hmm. as they take that away from. And it's, you know, it's it's going to be interesting because I think, you know, in terms of financial implications, not not just the challenger decks, but we could see depressed prices in standards similar to when masterpieces existed, except around Pro Tour around mythic championship time when you have to buy into whatever when you have to buy into it and it could just be a few select cards you know rather than fifty dollar to fairies at his height it could have been a hundred dollar to fairies leading up to the pro tour leading up to you know the local gp yep and i think it'll be interesting because you know if if that does become the case and you start to see physical attendance dwindle you know our our supply that's going to be open is going to decrease because it's going to be reliant on limited events. It's not going to be payout for standard or modern or EDH. Mm. You know, it's going to be store credit for those. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see because the trend so far, and granted, we're early on. I, I do want to give that disclaimer. We're early on. Uh, I tend to be a little sensationalist and fatalistic. So I think the sky is always falling and this is a terrible idea. But it doesn't feel good, man like at all you know it, it doesn't feel great that lgs have to continually change their model just not just to bring people in but to get people to keep playing the game somewhere the yeah. game for so long was about going out on a friday night and playing cards with people you know your friends etc yeah. at your local game store and enjoy that time and watsy's slowly pulling back on that in favor of a digital product granted because they're trying to work within the digital market market space right now. Yeah, but which again is fine. But you don't get that same level of like hanging out, you know. Yeah. And that's you know that's that's one of the reasons I love the Magic so much is I can go to any city, in you know twelve different countries. Yeah. Hit that. Uh, I, I can hit a store, and even even with a language barrier, I can have a conversation with someone over a game of cards, even if it's as simple as you know holding up wizard's lightning and touching their creature and then putting it in the graveyard 
yeah, they know still, what's happening. It's still a conversation, and you know, I, I kind of miss that aspect of it. And I'm sure I sound like some sixty year old telling his kids to get off his lawn. I don't care, man. Look, take it or leave it. But that's, I hate losing that element of it. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a huge bummer. And you know, while my LGS is small and obviously not an example for many or most. It doesn't seem like we might be too far off from a future where something like this could become a standard. They're even floating the idea of trying to have in-store arena events where they basically ask Fire everybody, up computers that or, are... yeah, ask everybody to bring in their own laptop and then toss everybody into WAR and yeah. uh, Wizards yes. Event Reporter, for those that don't know the acronym, and then just you play off like that and you do direct play on arena, best of one and call it there just to get people back into the store and playing events within the store. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, it, even, even on a laptop, a butt in a seat is probably going to make you some kind of money. Oh, absolutely. But it also lends itself to the fact that we still don't know exactly how mythic championships are going to be handled in regards to the paper and arena split. Yeah. You know, they want to do, they want to make these things big and flashy. They want them out at places. It's just going to be a giant land party or what? Yeah. yeah, and I mean we're you know we're a month since they announced the split. Yeah, and we still don't have anything, and it's you know oh yeah we we know the next two pro tours are going to be the same format. Yes, we know that the pro tour benefits are done after that. We know the Hall of Fame is gone. Yep, we know that the pro tour qualifier system, which doesn't exist anymore, uh, now has open invites and seated invites. And there was a rumor a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you saw some YouTube channel leaked, oh, your invites are going to be based on your Planeswalker points Yes. Yeah, on whether or not you can get invited. Well, that leak was great and all, except that it was never confirmed. Mm. Similar to how the professor said there's going to be a Popper PTQ, which people hopped on right away and all of a sudden Popper cards started spiking. I mean, he even said in the video, I don't have an inside source on this. It's just, just a, this is a guess. Yeah. Because we don't know anything. And we still don't. No, but we do have that popper side event at uh, Magic Fest. So one out in California again? I can't remember. Oakland? L.A.? One of the two. Yeah. yeah there, there is. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah, that, that came out a couple of days later when the event schedule went up. So that would yeah. coincide, but it's not a PTQ. It's some, it's a it's a championship qualifier actually. So maybe yeah. it's a BTQ, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it'll be interesting to see long term what this does. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I think short term it's bad. I, I I agree. When you make people have kind of scramble to get others down in store to play the other version of their product, which is no <laughs> longer as popular as the new version of their product. And yep. be expected to support both it's the situation's become a little asinine yeah and it, it makes it hard for people to want to maneuver in that space financially like people are always looking for a way to to make this game cheaper and make it affordable and things like this do not allow that to happen because no. like you said you can't transfer cards from paper to arena there's no physical payout for arena and if you have to straddle that line and play both, you're going to to take it in the end. 
And if we move into a time period, much like we were back in Lorwyn, right before the Mythic Rarity was created, when we had, is it like $60, $80, Cryptic Commands, and Baby Jace was was ridiculous as well. Yeah. And every rare in your deck cost $40 plus, like... We could, head, we could head right back to 2009, just like Watsi doesn't want us to, with this with <laughs> these changes. No, no, it'll be fine. They stop master sets for a while oh, until yeah. until this fall until when they print more of the spork. One. Yeah, heard heard it here first. There's a master set this year. I don't care what Watsi says. Uh, I, yeah, I did find out there's uh, there's a full product slate right now. It's entirely open. There's been no oh, really? yeah. My LGS has had no announcements about any supplementals. And for the entire year, wow! Just uh, you know the the standard sets, like they can order yeah. those, whatever. But nothing supplemental. They expect a commander product. Yeah, I obviously. And then a, yeah. one full supplemental set, akin to a battle bond two, or um, I guess if we're done with masters, that's it. Conspiracy yeah. three. So oh yeah, we yeah. Can get we can get that again. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. Yeah. So, continuing on to our, our not Twitter poll, our Twitter, our Twitter question. Uh, we we yeah. dug up some footage, just a random conversation. I threw it out there uh, a couple of years ago. I wound up playing uh, guitar for the second time for less than Jake for just one song. Not yeah. like a night or anything. I just, I got to sit in for one song. And so we decided to turn this into the first of uh, our contest. We just asked our followers you know here's halt doing his thing what is your favorite hobby new old it doesn't matter you know yeah and we had whatever some, it's not magic related yeah what's your favorite yeah we had uh, some great responses and uh we'll start with a near miss and this came <laughs> from uh lewis cruz which is shit posting on card spheres discord which <laughs> a plus hobby yeah, a, a plus. Wode, Wode is a big fan. Yep. That's why he's always wearing the hat. You can ask Ted or Efren. That's one of his favorites. And I think his, uh, his baby has a onesie now in yeah. the Miami Vice style art. Maybe we can yep. get, put that up. Um, but uh, reading through all the results, uh, I settled on uh, at Jones 3 x the, their, their new favorite hobby is actually uh, becoming a handyman. Yeah. Just, Bought a new house, never done anything like this before, and just started working with their hands. And as somebody that's done that from time to time, it's a great feeling when you yeah you build uh, we, something we that just lasts. Just started too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you build something that lasts. You get a great sense of accomplishment. It's not like you know, you go to work, you do something, it's ruined. The next day, you got to do it again. You get to look at every day what you did. Yeah, that's great. It's amazing. So we will be making outreach to Jones. Uh, probably in the next day or so, just to get some deets. Yeah, and, uh, uh, get him his box. Yep, and you have a winner? Yes, I have a winner, and Wode had a winner as well. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my winner is Poppertastic. Uh, my favorite non-MTG hobby is studying self-improvement, so trying to make yourself a better person. Mm. Uh, i going to school for an MSW so I can improve the lives of others. I'm a huge fan of existentialism and just trying to improve yourself always. So mm-hmm. I definitely identify and appreciate that. I think everyone should always try to improve on themselves. And uh, Wode's winner was Pixie Kitten. My favorite non-magic hobby is drinking wine, which if you watch her channel on YouTube, yeah, she she likes drinking the occasional 
occasional glass of wine. Wode also is from Texas, loves himself some bourbon. Yep. Uh, so that was that was his pick. We'll be reaching out to both of you guys as well about the RNA boxes that will get shipped to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our Patreon is finalized. We will have all of the details posted on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That will be 24th. Follow yes. us on Twitter for the details at MTG underscore Cabal underscore cast. And we'll be going live with it next Sunday. So we'll have all the details and everything. Tried to keep it pretty affordable. Yeah. Uh, and have some pretty good benefits for you guys as well. Yeah, every time we said well, we were coming up, we just kept tossing things around. Like, are we sure these are the right numbers that we want? And it, it took a very long time and a lot of people to come together to say, all right, this is it. These are how we want to, how we want to do everything. Yeah. Make it make it really good for everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dryer? No, no. Fiance getting home. Okay, fair so, enough. So, on that note, picks for the week yeah. in a post-RNA world. What have you got? So, uh, I spent a, a lot of time thinking about this. There's a couple of cards uh, I floated through, and uh, much like uh, my Beast Whisperer from last week, I'm going to go with a card I've been sitting on for a couple months now in Berserk. And originally, I was actually tracking Berserk only for the uh, Conspiracy 2 version. Yeah. Because I think I felt it was uh, very underpriced for what it was. It was... Or was it Conspiracy 1, 2? doesn't matter. It kind of crashed the market on the Unlimited Berserk. And I was yeah. waiting on a legacy result to really bring it back. But when I was doing my research this past weekend after putting four FTVs in the case for like 1.5x what they were a month ago, yeah, I noticed that the Unlimited Berserk has actually been uh, a fair gainer over the past couple of weeks. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's recovered pretty nicely since uh, it's it's dipped down to 50. It's now back yeah. up to about 70, 75 reliably. And this was a card really that good. was yeah. about $100 before the reprint. So the fact yeah. that it's coming back in a meta, in a world in Legacy where Infect doesn't really show up that often means this card yeah. has some staying power. If we do get another reprint, it probably will crash and never come back up this high unless Infect becomes a driving force in yeah. Legacy or we see an uptick uh, in playing Berserk in other formats, EDH, or maybe there's something else, some other format that pops up. Um, yeah, I, I don't think... I don't know uh, if EDH will be able to support it, but I do think old school mm-hmm. is a thing. Yeah. So I think the unlimited one, at least, or if your rule set allows for all of them, not terrible. No. If your rule set allows for all of them, let's say, and you are playing 93, 94, then I would definitely bank on the conspiracy version, uh, the yeah. foil or the non-foil, to recover. Not recover, I would say, because they can climb. I would count on them to gain more by percentage yeah. than the unlimited version of Berserk, but the unlimited version of Berserk definitely has a lot higher ceiling than yeah. con- than the conspiracy black border. And I think a higher floor as well, especially Oh, definitely. You know, the the, the way Wizards does art now, that art's never getting printed again. So No, and if anything, we'll get a third art for Berserk before they reprint the FTV art for a sec- for a third time. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So. Um, mine I touched on a little bit earlier. Uh, theater of Horrors. So it's still two bucks or less. I did check. 
Uh, I have about 173 copies coming my way. Nice. Uh, for off TCG pre-orders, all at less than $2. I mean, worst case scenario, it ends up at a dollar buy list, so you're not out too much. But it is a card which, aside from having implications in standard, where I think the general agreement is Rakdos is going to be the best aggro deck out of the gate. You just have too much good stuff. It's it, it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's fine. I've been tinkering around with it a little bit in Jund mm-hmm. and experimenting with those lists in Modern. And I actually think it has pretty big implications in Modern as well. Uh, giving you extra card advantage that's more consistent and not as bad as Bob in certain matchups. Yeah. It gives the Rakdos burn decks a little bit more upside than Experimental Frenzy. Because you can cast the cards that are in your hand still, so you don't have to feel bad dropping it on two or three. Uh, if you know you're in some something with ramp, I, I think it's a good solid buy for less than two dollars. Because I think, especially in standard, it could be a five to ten dollar card. Not to mention whatever demand it has in modern. You know, SO took the Rakdos burn shell with like Rakdos charms and Vexing Devil and stuff. So this doesn't and, quite have spectacle on it. It has like pseudo spectacle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it gives you that extra card every turn, and as long as it's there, you can cast them. And the nice thing is that you know, especially in modern, there's not a whole lot of decks with main deck interaction with enchantments besides blue white, which has one to two detention spheres, and I guess cryptic, which interacts with everything. Yeah. And it's really easy to turn on. Uh, you know, I even if you have an instant exiled under it, fetch lands exist in the format. Uh, in modern, you're going to be swinging out most of the time unless you're in blue white, and you're not going to run the card anyways. Yep. It it just really benefits aggressive strategies with providing them with card advantage, which is not something they typically have access to. So that's that's mine. No, I I like theater of horrors. It also presents a nice uh, long term hold as well if it doesn't spike in the short or mid, just because it's. You can't play Dark Confidant in EDH. You just... Yeah, you, you can play it in CEDH, but not regular EDH. Yeah. And you... this lets you play it in, like, Rakdos Lord of Riots. Yeah, exactly. I, I think... So I think Theater of Horrors, especially the foil, is going to be a, a decent long-term hold. Uh, yeah. If it doesn't spike in the in the short or mid, if you're that kind of person who just wants to sit on this card for a while. Yeah. Getting in sub a dollar is great, and then holding foils, I think, for the long-term is also extremely yeah. good. Awesome. Yep. All right. All right. Well, guys, tune in next week where we will, of course, give you another week of wonderful MTG Finance content. Yeah, avoiding a very boring banner restricted announcement. Yeah. So. Uh, not great. Whatever. But thanks for <laughs> tuning in. I am Halt. I am Reftar. I am at Thirsty Sizzler. You can find us both at, at MTG underscore Cabal underscore Cast at Twitter. And hopefully, you are listening to this on either iTunes or Stitcher, and you can also find this live on YouTube if you would like. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. See you.